Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, here we are again. Steve Wilson going through the book of Matthew, and we have now progressed up to Matthew chapter 12. I certainly hope you have been enjoying this this study. Um, More importantly, I hope that you have gained something from it. If nothing else, at least, maybe it's made you think about a few things. We're in in chapter 12. um, Jesus began, he actually addresses um, things that are done on the Sabbath day. Now, of course, we know Sabbath day was uh, on on the last day of the week. Uh, Jews still celebrate the last day of the week. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists still insist it's on, on Saturday. Um, we celebrate the Lord's Day on Sunday. There are numerous reasons for that. For that, that I'm not going to get into yet. That's um, that would be addressed in 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 the study of a different passage. What I want to look at today is which you know whichever day. Of course, here it, it's on the last day of the week because it's in the Jewish culture and so on. But the same principle applies to uh, the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. But Jesus addresses here how we approach the Sabbath day um, and how we are able to uh, honor what he said, you know, um, you know, back uh, long, you know, in the days of creation where he said, you know, the seventh day or the Sabbath day was to be a day of rest. You know, it certainly doesn't mean that you just lay around in a bed all day. We, We, of course, go to worship God. We go to our churches and and uh, worship him and do different things to honor him on that day and there certainly is labor involved in doing that just the transportation back and forth and you still have to eat and you know there and so there's meal preparation um you know i you know we can get into all of that about you know this is maybe you should prepare the meals the day before like the jews actually do um but i think jesus kind of addresses that approach here in this in this passage in chapter 12 and he does uh, he, he illustrates a, a couple of things here so he begins it says and at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were unhungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat so you know here they are they're traveling and they come across this uh, field of, of corn growing and they go out and pick some ears of corn and begin to eat them. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Um, in other words, you, you know, they're they're out, number one, they're in somebody else's field. They haven't even asked permission, but 
Um, number two, they're they're picking corn. You know, that's labor. You, you, you shouldn't have to do that. And I mentioned before about preparing your meals the day before. They were in a situation where they couldn't really do that. And, and so they, they came across this corn and decided to eat some. And the, uh, the Jews have, uh, are complaining. Look, look you, it, it, in fact, I want you to notice as thy disciples do that which is not lawful. Well, first of all, there's nowhere in Scripture it says it's not lawful. It does say that it's a day of rest. But, you know, what constitutes rest and what does not was something that was put together by man. And this was a Jewish tradition. Um, that they're addressing and they're they're saying, you know, our tradition says you can't do this. And so in their mind, it is against the law. In the mind of Jesus, um, he's saying, no, it's it's not a law. Um, this is something you observe and, and, and the reasons for observing it vary. Um, so he answers in verse 3, but he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hunger and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Um, or have you not read in the law how that the Sabbath days of priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? So, you know, what he's referring to is an incident that happened back in the 21st chapter of 1 Samuel where um, David was uh, in exile, was on the run from Saul. And... Um, so he went to the temple on the Sabbath and asked if they had any bread. Well, the priest there told him, he said, well, no, we don't have any common bread, just normal bread that, that people eat. The only thing we have is the showbread that, you know, we use in the temple for the temple services and that sort of thing. And so he gives David some of the showbread. And, of course, David consumes, I think it was five loaves or something like that, but whatever the case David ate the showbread, and so he's referring back to that particular time and, and tell him, look, you know, David did it. You know, why can't we do the same thing? And nobody complained then. And he also points out, look, the, the priests seem to be exempt from this law because, um, you know, they consume the, the things that, that are um, provided simply for the temple. And, and yet it's okay for them to do it, and, and why isn't it okay for everybody else? Um, he says, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Um, but if he had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. So here's what he's saying. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, that meaning he's the one who makes the laws. Um, Obviously, the sacrifices and so on are to God, and, and it's God, and of course, Jesus in the form of the Trinity, um, uh, you know, decides what's right and what's wrong. And he's saying, look, there are exceptions to this rule. Um, and, and it's not so much exceptions. I guess that's really a bad choice. It's there are different definitions as to what it means um, to rest and, and not to rest. Um, and he talks about it uh, a little bit later on. He gives an example when he was departed thence. He went in their synagogue. Behold, there was a man which had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him? And he said to him, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, he will not lay hold on it and lift it out? 
How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. In other words, he's saying there are things that, that, that for the good of man, have to be done on the Sabbath day. Um, there are uh, extenuating circumstances. And, and one of them would be, you know, if, if something happens to your sheep. Of course, there's always the example of the ox in the ditch. You know, and there are just necessities that, that have to be. They can't wait till the next day. Well, you know, that's what he's pointing out here. These men are hungry. They have no food. There's, there's nothing wrong with going in to the cornfield and picking some corn. You know, Jesus allows that sort of thing within reason. Now, let me use that to apply to a modern-day thing. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I know there's this movement about a casual approach to worship. In uh, contemporary Christianity, that's one of the things that seems to go along with contemporary Christianity. It's come as you are. Now, I get, you know, the, the the logic behind that where they said Jesus looks upon the heart, but that's a whole different situation. You know, that's, God looks at as a matter of necessity. And if you're in a situation where um, you don't have proper clothing, you know, you remember the, the situation where there was the wedding and, and he told his servants to go out and bid people to come to the wedding so so the wedding could be full. But even in doing that, some of them came, and then he looked at him. He said, wait a minute, hold on a second. Some of you are not dressed properly, and so he cast them out. Now, I realize he's talking about salvation and all that in that passage, but why would he use that particular analogy? You know, there was a, there was a way to approach God, and that way is to, to approach him in honor and respect and to be as holy as you can possibly be. I, I've never understood how people can decide that it's necessary to wear a suit and tie for a job interview or to meet the President of the United States or other dignitaries and that sort of thing, but you won't, you won't try to present yourself um, in, a, in a proper manner when you go to worship God and you know when you come into his presence at church I that just doesn't register with me there's just there's a logic behind it that doesn't seem to make sense um, if if you're in a situation where you don't have a, a coat and tie fine just wear just do the best you can but you know this whole idea of getting up and just throwing on whatever's in the closet and heading out to church makes sense to me think of it in terms of a witness when people see you going to church, they're getting up on a Sunday morning, you leave the house, you got your Bible in your hand, you got your coat and tie on, the ladies are dressed nice, and you got their heels and dresses and all that sort of thing. People see you, where do you think they think you're going? Well, of course, they think you're going to church because that's common, that's normal. But if you're going out in flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt, uh, you could be going to the beach, to a picnic, you could be going anywhere. Um you know, it, it's about what people, you know, trying to portray your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what, um, you know, the, the witnessing really is because you, you can't tell everybody in your life about Jesus Christ. You can try, but you certainly can't reach them all. But you can certainly show by your lifestyle that there's something different about you and hopefully attract them to you. So give you the opportunity to share with them you know what's different in your life from what they have in their life you know if we're if we go to church the same way we go to a picnic then there's nothing different about our relationship with god i would think a person would want 
to show the world that our God is is different. So, you know, maybe I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but my my point being that God God does see the heart, and He does see the meaning behind it. And if you're and if you're doing, you know, just like in this situation, it was a necessity. But if, if, if you're trying to go to church and in your heart, you're thinking, oh, well, what I'm wearing is good enough. Then God sees that. You know, you're, you don't have in your heart that I'm going to worship my God today and I want to present myself in the best possible way that I can. Well, you know, God knows what's going on. God knows what's going on through your head. God knows what's in your heart and God knows the necessity of the situation. And so... He's the one that can make that judgment. I, I admit mankind doesn't always have the ability to draw that line, but certainly God does. And so we, we need to strive. Um, to, even in this case, you know, the, these guys knew what the situation was. They, they knew that they were going to get feedback, but, and yet they, they went out and picked the corn anyway because there was a necessity there. And so... Um, you know, they thought it through, and in their heart, they were only doing what they needed to do to sustain themselves, and God knew that, so he didn't have a problem with it. Um, and so Jesus answers them back um, in, in a way, he answers the Pharisees back in a way that they can understand by giving them these examples about, you know, what David did and what what they would do if they had livestock that was in peril and they had to go get it. You know, there are exceptions to the rule. Um, and then, you know, he says, you know, we're, if, if you're going to go after a sheep, then, you know, man is much more important than that. And, and God certainly is the one who can change those rules. God certainly is the one who can read our minds and our hearts. And in verse 13, then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he was talking about this withered hand, man with a withered hand. <coughs> and he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like as the other. Then the Pharisee went out and held counsel against them how they might destroy him. So even in trying to cure this man's withered hand, the Pharisee still um, decided it was more important to obey the law than to help this individual with the withered hand. I guess maybe they thought he could wait till the next day or whatever. You know, I don't know what the logic was other than the fact that they, you know, they they applied the law very strictly and. Um, and, and, you know, certainly avoided what was the real purpose and in, in what the law was designed to accomplish. Um, so anyway, if, if there is a situation in your life where uh, exceptions are necessary, then certainly God understands. Just whatever you do, do it as unto God. Um, do it not not to please yourself, not to make it convenient for you, but approach God and say, Lord, here's my situation and here's what I need to do. Um, do what God would have you to do, not what you want to do in your own heart, what you think is good enough. It's never just good enough for God. Nothing we do is ever going to be good enough, so we can't ever just settle for things in our lives like so many people do in this casual approach to God and in this co new contemporary movement there's just too much laxity there there's not enough holiness I don't think there's enough respect for the holiness of God so I think that's what's being described here in these first oh, 14 verses that we've covered I pray that it's made a difference to you and uh, hope to see you next time and uh, God bless <music>